Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're worshiping online with us or whether you're in the room, we want to welcome you. There are two times when we should give the Lord praise. That is, when we feel like it and when we don't. So let's stand together and let's lift a hallelujah to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen? Let's sing together. And I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a
Good morning, everybody. It's great to see all of you here this morning. Uh, Fran hand me, handed me her Bible, and I said, no, I'll use, I'll use the uh, my app, but it's not ready yet. Wait, we're going to Psalm chapter 86 this morning. Yes, Fran. No, I got it. It's right here. It's right here. Old man trying to figure out how to use these things. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. With all my heart, I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever, for your love for me is very great. And you have rescued me from the depths of death. We are here this morning to give thanks to God for His love that He gives for us, for His transformation of our lives, for the new life that He gives to us, the hope that He gives to us, and the everlasting life that He gives to us. That's why we gather this morning. Let's take a moment and pray and ask God simply to be with us. Heavenly Father, we're so glad that you woke us up this morning. Whether we're here in the room, whether we're online, wherever we are, God, you are with us. And we worship you and we celebrate you this morning. Thank you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Come and make these, these words, these songs meaningful to us so that we can go forth from here with your power and with your strength to proclaim you to all people. And when, all people, when you are lifted up, all people will be drawn to you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, CTC family, I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. We talk almost weekly about how important life groups are to the fabric of our church. This week, we want to highlight our young adults group. This group meets every Friday from 7 to 9 p.m. at Rebecca Simpson's home and is open to anyone ages 18 to 30. They spend time studying the Bible using Right Now Media and also host monthly events. If you're interested in finding out more, contact Rebecca Simpson at 302-494-7400 or Bryce Maynard at 302-546-9388. Studying the Word of God with others allows us to connect with each other and see the gospel in ways we may not have seen before. Beginning May 9th, Joyce Mack will be hosting an adult Bible class in the secret room of our Ellesmere campus every Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. In these meetings, you will have a chance to make connections as you take a deeper look into the Word. This Thursday, May 6th at 7 p.m., the worship ministry will be hosting their very first team night. It will be an opportunity for current members from both campuses, as well as anyone considering becoming a part of worship ministry, to have some food, fellowship, and time to hear where we are headed. If you play an instrument, sing, or are interested in media technology, we would love for you to join us. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bayer Campus Office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus Office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. 
Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. good to see you and it's so good to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful day to all my brothers and sisters in the room and to all of our brothers and sisters who are with us in our virtual congregation. As I walked out of my house today, I just was able to look around and hear the birds singing and the sun shining. Then I was rushing to get to church. And as I got out, I saw Pastor Vaughn standing over in the field appreciating God's beauty. And then I started to look around and I saw in every leaf beauty, in the grass beauty, the birds beautiful. And it just reminds me that God made this earth so that we could enjoy it and how awesome it is to be able to slow down and appreciate it sometimes. So, aren't you glad you're here? So am I. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this beautiful house of worship. And to our brothers and sisters at home, thank you, God, for your wonderful living rooms. It's so good to be in God's presence. We always want to connect with you. So toward that end, on your table or at your chair, you'll find a connect card. We ask that you complete that card for you and everyone that's with you. That way we know who you are. And if you're online, there is a Connect tab that you can click. Please click that tab and complete it for you and the members of your house that you're worshiping with this morning. If this is your first time here, we'd like to extend a special welcome to you. If, you w- if you're in the room, as you exit to the left, you'll find a welcome center. Please stop in. And one of our pastoral care staff will speak with you, or one of our trained hosts will speak with you. If you're in our virtual um, congregation, please click the New Here tab and complete the information requested. And after worship during the week, one of our pastors will reach out to you with a special welcome. As we transition to a time of giving, I think um, it's very important to think about giving. In the Old Testament, the Bible talks about giving a tenth. In the New Testament, because you know we live under grace, God talks about giving generously. So we ask that you pray about what you give and give generously as the Lord directs you. And we know that This church is a good steward of its finances. What we take in, a tenth goes back out to our community or to um, charitable organizations, mission-based organizations overseas. That way, you know and you can see very tangibly that we are the hands and feet that God has directed us to be. So if you would, on your table you'll find an offering envelope. You may fill it out. And give a gift. You may also list your prayer concerns on that envelope. If you're in our online congregation, there is a giving tab where you can give a one-time 
or recurring gift as the Spirit leads you. So I ask that you stand with me now as we pray over the offering and thank God for the wonderful gifts that he has given us and we honor him by giving back. Please stand. Dear Heavenly Father, you are our Lord and your name is great throughout all this land. How good it is to be able to say that we are your children. And we can say that with great confidence because we know that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, who died at Calvary's cross to redeem us. Once he rose from the grave, he held all power in his hand. And he promised that those who accept him as their savior shall be sealed for eternity. Thank you, God, for your sealing and for your deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for the many, many blessings that you have given us. Spiritually, emotionally, physically by having strength in our bodies, and yes, of course, financially. But Lord, we have to also give back to you. We give you our time. The talents that the Spirit has imbued in us, we give them back to you and we share amongst others. And Lord, we also, yes, give you back a portion of the treasures that you have given us. So we ask now that in the name of Jesus, that you bless these gifts, these offerings. Bless the person who gives, and you are the ultimate giver. So we thank you for that, Lord. And we ask that they be used for the upkeep of your kingdom. We ask this in the magical, because it is magical. Pastor Vaughn talked about Disneyland last night. But there's no greater magic than you have bestowed upon us. So in the marvelous name of Jesus, we say, amen. Please remain standing as we continue in worship. So I'm not back in. 
those who are called according to his purpose. Are we called according to his purpose today? And wherever you are, whatever you're in the middle of, he is here. We talked a few weeks ago about, I think the last time we sang this song, it's called Here Again. Sometimes here is a physical location. We're here, we're in this building, we're, we're together, we're at 3135 Summit Bridge Road, or you're wherever you are in your home. Sometimes here is another circumstance. It's another tough financial situation, or it's another relationship that's broken, or it's another time at the doctor's office. It, it's, sometimes here is physical location, sometimes here is circumstance. But wherever we are, and whatever we're in, is able, in fact, he is more than able to do whatever we need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what you
Welcoming us into your place this morning. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to us here in this place. And wherever we are gathered here today, Father, you have sent your Holy Spirit and we welcome you. We thank you for coming. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray for the healing of our bodies. We pray, we ask you, Jesus to soothe the grief that many of us feel. We ask you, Jesus, to provide miraculously for those who need whatever our needs are. We ask you, Jesus, to shine light and show the way to those who are discouraged and do not know which way to turn. We ask you, Jesus, to come into our lives and strengthen us that we may tell others of your goodness, your good news, of your grace, of your power, and of your love. We can't do it without you, Jesus. So we continue to ask you to come be with us. We pray for Pastor Vaughn as he brings the message that you would fall fresh upon him now. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to fall on all of us, that as we hear your word proclaimed to us, that we would hear, we would have ears that truly can hear and receptive hearts. Change our hearts, O God, that we may be right and pure before your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Rebecca is here standing with me. Uh, She's going to lead the children to their groups, to their classes, uh, as this next video plays. Thank you, Rebecca. Kids, you can follow her. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, healer, redeemer, savior, messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. 
When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, he'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I hope you're as glad to be here today as I am. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we didn't have to be that way, but God blessed us, touched us with his precious finger of life, woke us up this morning, got us started on our way. We need to thank him that we're here today amongst the gathering of the saints. Turn to somebody and just tell them, I'm so glad to see you today. And to somebody on the other side, turn there and say, good to see you, brother, sister, whatever. (laughs) Praise God. It's good to just acknowledge one another and welcome one another. Uh, For the longest time, we haven't been able to do that. And here lately, we're just seeing so many people who just want to hug. They've been vaccinated. And it's just such a joy to just be able to greet each other, as Paul says, with a wonderful embrace and a holy kiss. Praise God. As we continue on our little uh, pathway here with Mark in our series entitled Mark My Words, praise God, I am happy to present this to you. I hope you're happy and enjoying what you've learned so far. Have you been blessed by this uh, series so far, brothers and sisters? Do you remember what you've learned? We're going to test you here in a second. (laughs) Praise God. Somebody help me out. What was the first week? What did we learn who Jesus was? Amen. Who said that? Raise your hand. Okay. Awesome. It's my wife. (laughs) That doesn't count. Who who else knows? She she read my message. (laughs) Anybody else? Awesome. Okay. And what was the second week? Who is Jesus? If you had a cold, if you were sick, then you'll remember who he was. Healer. Right. Praise God. And last week, I'm sure you remember that. I hate to say this, but last night, no one recalled. <laughs> I had to go to Pastor Roger to get the answer, the man who preached it. But what was it last week? Son of Son of God. All right. Give that man a Bible. I'm going to find a Bible for you. Praise God. Son of God. One of my favorite titles for Jesus. Well, today we're going to explore Jesus in his role of something a lot of us do in everyday life. Not like he did. Not to that magnitude. But we do it. And that is as teacher. And let me just ask you, do we have any teachers, any educators here today? If so, raise your hand. Praise God. Okay, there's one. I see the hands going up, praise God. And I don't mean just teachers in school, which is wonderful. Uh, We've got teachers who teach nurses and people who teach people at their jobs how to do the work that they do. The Boy Scouts, we have scout masters here. Uh, I know I'm learning a lot from Pastor Roger, who's teaching me. If you have anybody here who teaches, I would like you to stand up. We're going to recognize you in the name of Jesus. Past teachers, present teachers, future teachers, some of you younger people, praise God. Amen. Praise God. 
What would we do without our teachers? Amen. We'd be kind of stupid. Praise God. So thank God for our teachers. And when I think of teachers, I can't help it besides my wife. I better say that. I think of a young lady who 37 years ago, a teacher from New Hampshire, and she said some amazing words. They've always stuck with me. And you might remember Krista McAuliffe. Krista was on the space shuttle. She was so excited about going into space, and she was going to teach her students from outer space. What an amazing woman she was. And she said these words, and they've always stuck with me. She said, I shape the future. And you know why she said that was? Who remembers? She says, because I teach. Because she teaches. And that's how we form our future. That's how our future is established in our lives, by what we read, what we uh, have been taught. I remember they used to say, a man, a woman, you are what you read. You're not born with intelligence. <laughs> you got to read. you got to be taught. And thank God for our teachers. And this is just a wonderful a way to usher in to our presence the name of the greatest teacher who ever lived, none other than our awesome healer, son of God himself, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the greatest teacher to ever walk this earth. Amen. If you agree, would you just clap your hands one more time? Thank you, Jesus, for teaching us. Praise God. I know if I hadn't learned the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the Bible, especially in Proverbs, when it tells you what to do and what not to do, I I can't even imagine where I would be. Growing up without a father, I needed that teaching. And Jesus said he'd be a father to the fatherless. Well, he was all that. And he's there to teach us. And that's what he does so well in his word. Let's turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 21 and verse 22, where we find our, our story today that tells us about Jesus, the teacher. I'm going to invite you to read along with me. I believe we can do it better when we do it together. Amen. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue, and he, what did he do? He taught. That's what teachers do. He taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. Two A words that we need to remember. They were astonished at the words he spoke because he taught with authority, not like others. Let me give you a little backstory here, my friends, on where we're at here with Mark and, and some of the other disciples. Mark, uh, John Mark, or Mark as he was known, and here's a rendition, a picture of him. He was not one of the 12 disciples. We all know that. So where did he get such intimate information about Jesus? Did you ever think about that? I know some of you know, some of you Bible students. But I used to wonder that for the longest time. Well, it turns out that Mark was a companion, a protege of Peter, the apostle Peter. He's even, even been referred to at times as Peter's son. That's how close they were. And many Bible scholars feel that basically when we read the gospel of Mark, what we're really reading is the gospel of Peter. 
so to speak. Now, we learn in this chapter that earlier Jesus had chosen four disciples already. Uh, do you remember the names? Peter was one. And he had a brother named Andrew. Somebody got it over there. Then there were two other brothers known as the Sons of Thunder. Do you remember who they were? John and James, exactly. Some of, somebody over there knows the Bible. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm sure we all do, but some of us are a little shy. I know how that can be. Well, Jesus, along with the disciples, were coming through the area of Galilee. Most people think of Galilee as just a little area. But contrary to popular belief, Galilee was not some small backwater region. It was really a rather large area, a bustling community of commerce and, and activity, fishing. So much was going on there. Now, according to the ancient Jewish historian Josephus, Galilee was an area of about 60 by 30 miles, lengthwise and and, uh, uh, widthwise. It had about 200, maybe 204 villages, with none of the villages having less than 15,000 people. There were a lot of folks there, brothers and sisters. If you know the math, it was a total of around 3 million people in this little area. We're talking about a space... A little bigger than Rhode Island, but still smaller than Delaware. And and I think it's just so good to find somewhere mentioned, somewhere that's smaller than Delaware. Okay. Anyway, in biblical times, where they were headed to Capernaum, Jesus and his followers were taking one of the main Jewish trading routes there. That area of Capernaum spread over 13 acres. It was a good size. And it was still in the Galilean area along the shore of the sea. And it was along the moderate slope to the north. If you can just picture that, it's somewhere in there. Praise God. The interesting thing is it was considered the second home of Jesus. It's where he spent so much of his time doing his ministry. Now, I want you to notice as we go forward that right away in this first chapter, one of the main words were brought to realize, to consider is the fact that Jesus was called a teacher. This would not have been my first choice when thinking about Jesus. As far as a title for him, a name to call him, his moniker, I can think of other words like Lord, Messiah. Can you think of any other names? Somebody just shout it out. Christ, thank you. Anything else? Rabbi, right, exactly. These are the names that would come to my mind, not teacher. But that's what he was called most of the time. The facts are that 90% of the time, 90 or so times, that Jesus was addressed in the gospel, 60 of those times at least, he was addressed as the, I call it the T word, teacher. Amen. Let's say teacher. This was how his own disciples referred to Jesus and Very interestingly, this is what Jesus often called himself. In John 13, 13, we read, we can read it together. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. What did he say he was? A teacher. He came to teach us how to live. I think of a commercial that I see on television all the time. Kevin Hart, the comedian, is in it. And he's talking to one of his neighbors. He's talking real loud. 
And the neighbor says, why are you talking so loud? I'm right here next to you. And Kevin said, because that's what I do. And <laughs> somehow that's what I thought of. I, I think Jesus might have used better vernacular. But he's saying, this is who I am. Praise God. I am your teacher. Even Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, one of really his enemies, the antipathists of who he was, came to him acknowledging that they knew who he was. In John 3, 2, we're told that Nicodemus, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you are doing if God not If God were not with him, praise God. Brothers and sisters, when the power of God is upon you, there is no denying it. You'll do things that you can never do in your own human capacity. Amen? There's a reason why Jesus told the disciples and the rest of his followers, do not go out to do anything. Don't even tell people about me. This was right before he ascended. He said, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Whenever we try to do something that God is not involved in, it's not going to go right. It might seem okay, but it would have been so much better if you had just stopped, prayed, and asked God to help you. Always bring God into whatever you're doing. Amen? We're told to pray about everything. Isn't that right? Praise God. Pray without ceasing in all manners, whatever it is, even the smallest thing. And when you succeed in that, guess what? You don't get the credit. God gets the credit. And that's the way it should be. He should get the glory. He gets the honor. He gets the praise. We must be sure never to try and take God's praise away from him. He's worthy of honor, church. Worthy of glory. Worthy of praise and power. Those are the words in Revelations. And we must always give him all that honor. Jesus taught with a power and wisdom that they had hereto before never experienced. Well, they did a little while ago, but I'll explain that. This wasn't their first time seeing Jesus in this capacity. So phenomenal was his teaching that we're told that all that heard him that day in the temple were, once again, a word, astonished. They weren't merely amazed, but they were astonished. And I thought about what those words mean. You know, brothers and sisters, I was amazed when my family and I visited Disney World a few years ago. I love Disney World. My wife loves it. My kids, they love it. My grandkids, they went crazy. I'm sure most of you can probably say the same thing. How many of you have been to Disney World or Disneyland? Oh, my goodness, that's just about everybody here. But Brother James, James, we've got to go to Disney World. <laughs> I heard they opened up again this week. <laughs> Praise God. They say that's the happiest place on earth, but I know it's another place that's a lot happier. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's hear it for heaven. God just gave me that. Praise God. And I was amazed. When weren't you amazed when we went there? It was an amazing place. But I wasn't astonished. But my friends, when we took a vacation a few years ago to Grand Canyon, anybody ever been there? I see all the hands once again. Beautiful place. Isn't it amazing? I walked up on that canyon. I fell to my knees. I knew I was in the presence of God. It was just an amazing place. I was astonished. To me, that's just a little difference in the two. 
Uh, today, you might say in today's jargon, I was blown away. Uh, I'd like to share, share with you a little cute story about how authority works with a little human touch to it. Have you ever heard of the chicken lady? This isn't your neighbor who's raising chickens, but okay. Let me tell you a little story about the chicken lady, and this is a true story on authority and how it works in real life. When Christian Hester was governor of Massachusetts, he was running hard for a second term in his office. One day after a busy morning chasing votes, you know how politicians do, and like I do a lot of times, he forgot to eat. He hadn't had lunch even. He arrived at a church barbecue. Mm, I love those church barbecues. <laughs> That's the old uh, Baptist here talking. Praise God. It was late afternoon, and Herder was famished. As the governor moved down the serving line, he held out his plate to the woman serving chicken. And she put a piece on his plate and turned to serve the next person in line. And the governor said, excuse me, ma'am, do you mind if I have another piece of chicken? Sorry, the woman told him. I'm only supposed to give one piece to each person. The governor looked up at her with the saddest eyes, but he said, ma'am, I'm starving. The governor was a modest and unassuming man, but that didn't seem to be getting him anywhere. So he decided this time, I'm going to throw a little bit of my political weight around. He looked her right in the eye and said, ma'am, do you know who I am? I am as God, right? <laughs> do you know who I am? I am the governor of this state. And the lady turned to him and looked him right back in his eyes and said, do you, sir, know who I am? He said, no, I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. Now move along, buddy. So praise God. Folks, that's authority. <laughs> okay. Don't mess with the chicken lady. Hallelujah. Or anybody, any woman who's serving you food. Okay. Praise God. You can't argue with authority, my friends. And you can't argue with Jesus and the authority that was upon him. This wasn't the first time Jesus exhibited such authority. And the first time he did it that we know of, it was also in a temple. Do you remember when he did that back in Luke chapter 2? He wasn't grown. He was a young boy. Praise God. This is from a clip on YouTube. And you can pull it up. It's a wonderful, about three minutes long uh, rendition of when he walked into the temple. Uh, you might want to look at it. It's very touching. Church, whenever we come into the presence of our wonderful risen Lord, whether it be in church, in prayer, in the Bible, in meditation, in praise, there's not a time I praise him that I don't feel his presence. For the Bible tells us he inhabits his praise. Amen? Do you feel that when you praise God? Do you just feel his manifest presence? Hallelujah. He inhabits his praise. As the praises go up, church, guess what happens? The blessings come down. You know, there's power in praise, brothers and sisters. There is power, I, I agree, in prayer, of course. But when you think about how, when Jonah was in the whale, and he prayed for three days to get out of that stinking fish, and nothing happened. But then we're told he offered up a sacrifice of praise. And immediately that whale spewed him out. God wants us to praise him. David was a very smart man. 
Amen. Praise God. He was a man after God's own heart. I believe it's because he praised God so much. He loved God so much. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will be what? Continuously in my mouth. That's a good way to be, brothers and sisters. If God should take you this next minute, I would like it to be with praise in my mouth for my Lord. Not complaining, not grumbling, not cursing, but praising him. We should praise him all the time. I want you to listen to how some of the world's greatest men describe Jesus and his teachings and the word of God. You must remember the word of God is Jesus because Jesus is the word of God. John chapter one says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him is life. And that life is the light of the world. And the light penetrates the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. If you want to keep your life, your world, in a good place, stay in the light. The light of his word. Satan doesn't like it. He doesn't understand it. He never has. He never will. Stay in the light, my brothers and sisters. Abraham Lincoln said, I believe the Bible was the best gift God has ever given to man. Hallelujah. He said, all the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. George Washington said, it's impossible. I'm going to hold on to this. He said, it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Can I get an amen? Amen. I think he was right. Queen Victoria said, that book, what book? The Bible. That book, sir, accounts for the supremacy of England. In that time, England was ruling more than half of the world. Patrick Henry said the Bible was worth all the books which have ever been printed. That's saying a lot. we got a lot of books. I know Harvard has the largest inventory of books in their library anywhere in the world. Millions and millions of books. Patrick is saying this book is worth more than all those books and all the other books in the world. And I agree, too. I'm sure you do. Lastly, our, our English friend, Charles Dickens, he said the New Testament is the very best book that was or ever will be known in the world. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, what a mighty, awesome God we serve. What a wonderful God. I love to magnify the Lord. I love just to get in his presence, open the Bible. And as David said, taste and see that he is good. He is the mighty king. Remember those words? That's all. Master of everything. Almighty God is he. So bow down before him. Love and adore him. His name is wonderful. What's his name? Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Preaching myself happy up here. Got us praying. I got to slow down. Praise God. Get up here and do my happy dance. Ooh. Praise God. The narrative in chapter one goes on to tell us that in contrast to the authority, the way in which Jesus spoke describes. We've got a lot of scribes in this world, got a lot of knowledge, but they've got no authority. They don't have the power of God in them. 
That power, that authority comes from, from God. Amen. The scribes who were present that day were undeniably learned, but they lacked spiritual boldness. I'm normally a meek person. Somebody say you are. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yes, truly I am. <laughs> but there's such a thing as Holy Ghost boldness that comes upon you when you invite God to be in your life. Paul said, I want to know him. Knowing not just have a knowledge of, he meant spiritual intimacy. Like Adam knew Eve. He wanted spiritual intimacy with Jesus. He said, that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection, that's the power that helps me to get up here today. It helps us all to do what we do in his name. I believe it was Paul who said in Romans, the same power that raised Christ from the death, from the, from the grave, is in us. That's the power we need. That's why we need to stay in the word, stay in prayer, live sanctified in holy lives, so he can dwell within us and help us to do the things we need to do for the kingdom. Praise God. Praise God. Those uh, gentlemen, the scribes, they basically repeated what they heard said by other rabbis and from what they read, like the Torah. But that wasn't our Jesus. Oh, no. He spoke with a divine authority. I say it again. It comes from only one source, heaven, from Father God. The Holy Spirit brings it to us. It did not come from King Herod. He didn't go consult with him. It does not come. It didn't come from Pontius Pilate. That divine authority comes only from God. And we must go before God. And we must go before him, brothers and sisters, not covered in sins. But we must come to him with a clean heart, pure heart, as best we can. Psalm 24 says, who shall ascend into my hill? Who shall stand in my holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul into vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings of the Lord and righteousness from the God of our salvation. None of us, men or women, had that within us to claim that. But when we're in Christ, that's how God sees us, clean hands. And a pure heart. And he will bless us accordingly. My friends, we need to stay in the presence of God. In the presence of his holy word. Psalm 16, 11 says, In his presence is the fullness of joy. At his right hand, blessings forevermore. And he will show us the pathways of life. Amen. And you might not feel like you need this word. You might feel, I'm doing just fine on my own. I come to church once or twice a year and everything's cool. But my friends, there will come a time in your life when you will need to hear, read, know, understand, and believe in what this Bible says to you. There will come a time in your life where you will get knocked to your knees. As in the Bible, they talk about the, the storm of your life shall come upon you. And if you don't have the word of God to support you, to help you through that time, there's a good chance you will not survive. As most of you know, just here lately, my wife and I lost our second daughter. And I thought I was a tough guy and that I could handle a lot of things. But I'm just here to tell you, without getting very teary-eyed, I did last night, couldn't help it. 
But without this word, we wouldn't have made it. Without the teachings of Christ, the promises that are in this Bible that we could fall back on, I don't think we'd be here today. And I just want to say thank you to Jesus for his precious holy word. And whenever you get into a situation in life, whether it's sickness, we had a wonderful woman here last night who's dealing with a certain cancer. We prayed for her. Whatever it may be, a problem with your job, a problem with relationships at home, there is something in this word of God that will help you through it. The Lord just says, put me in remembrance of my promises. He wants you to tell him what he said. I don't know why. God likes us to pray his word. He says, my word does not return unto me void, but accomplishes that which I've sent it forth. We need to know his word and pray his word. If you don't know it and you need it to be applied to a certain situation in your life, just get in the Bible or ask somebody to help you with where to go. So I need a scripture to help me get a job. It's here. In Deuteronomy, we're told by Moses, it's the Lord who gives you the ability to prosper. Third John, we're told by John that it is God's will that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. We're told also by Solomon in Proverbs 4. He says, my son, attend to my word and find your ears into my saying. He said, listen to this word like you're listening right now. Let it not depart from your eyes. Stay in this word. He says, hide it in the midst of your heart. Why? Because it is life. And to, and to those who find it. It's a living word and health to all our flesh. flesh. This is how we stay in the presence of Jesus and his teach, teachings. Praise God. Let me start winding down now. Jesus taught in several ways. And I'm sure you're going to be familiar with them. First of all, he taught in parables. We're all familiar with that. His marvelous little stories that Jesus used to reach people on all different levels. He used subjects such as agriculture, cultural rituals, family customs and such. I know we all probably have a favorite parable and one that might have touched you in a very special way, maybe several. Mine is in Luke 15. And that's the story of the prodigal son. And I'm sure I'm not the only one here. I know we have prodigal daughters also. But I think to a degree we all got away from God at one time. And he wooed us back with the Holy Spirit. Thank God that he loved us so much that he came out. I left a place with the Lord that I was very strong in when I went into the military. It was 20 years before he found me and came back. And I had to be humbled. And lost everything except for my family, including home and cars, before I could look up to him once again. And he received me. Just like the father here, arms wide open. I could almost hear him saying in that little church in Milford, son, where you been? I've been waiting for you. That's the power of a good parable. He taught us by sermons. Like most good preachers, Jesus taught as he preached. Sometimes after the message is when we got the biggest message. If we remember the Sermon on the Mount, it was after he preached the Beatitudes that he did that marvelous miracle where he fed a lot of people. Do you remember how many people? 5,000 plus, exactly. That was a great lesson there. Jesus' most powerful teaching was by example. When we follow what he does... When we see how he loved us so much, 
that he gave his life for us. That is one of the best teachings we will ever, ever see in the scriptures. He taught us godliness and wisdom. And we need to know this, church. James said, the wisdom that is from above is far purer. It is peaceable, gentler, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And for the sake of uh, time, I'm going to go right to this other contrast. In contrast, the wisdom of the world, James says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. It is earthly, sensual, that means unspiritual, demonic. That's the wisdom of the world. What comes to us intuitively, living in this world, but it's not for us. It's not for the believer. We need the wisdom, dear God, that comes from heaven above. I could go on and on, but I'm going to end with this. I want us to realize when we hear the word of God in any form or capacity, we're hearing Jesus. Praise God. Let me give you two scriptures here. Jesus replied in John 14, 23, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In 1424, he says, though, he who does not love me will not obey my teachings. We must obey what's in this word. Not just read it, not just study it. We must obey it. We must obey. Amen. Faith without works is dead. He says this. This is what I want you to hold on to. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. He said this in other verses. The words I'm speaking come from my father, God. And the Bible tells us that all scripture is given by God, inspiration of God. Amen? So when you read the Bible, it is Jesus. It is the word of God and vice versa. Let me end on this one verse and that'll be it. I'm already going way over my time. Sorry. Colossians 3, 15, 17 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. They go together. I like to say, like coke and a smile. They go together. Folks, Jesus is the word of God. Stay in the word. Get it in you. If you get it in you, it'll work for you. Praise God. Taste, as David said. See that it is good. May God richly bless you as we go into our communion. God bless. Jesus is our teacher, and he teaches us. He's taught us many things. He gives us life through his teachings. And uh, we have uh, what we call the Apostles' Creed, which is, a, which is a, an ancient saying of brothers and sisters in Christ who have followed 
who have believed what Jesus has said for many years. I want to invite us to say that Apostles' Creed together as we prepare to receive this sacrament this, this morning of Holy Communion. If you're at home, uh, you may go get some bread and some juice or some wine and uh, come join us and uh, we'll have a blessing for it and then we'll take communion together as we remember Jesus, our teacher. But if you're here in the room, uh, let me ask you to stand with me as we say together this, the Apostles' Creed. This is what Jesus taught us. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We remember that night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. He gave thanks. And if you're here, take the cup that's on the seat or on the table. Uh, in front of you or near you. If you need extras around you, just go ahead, go to another chair beside you and take uh, one of the cups there. You can go ahead and open it up uh, as we as we remember what Christ has done for us. We remember that Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks to God. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And remember, do this, he said, in remembrance of me. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and be present with us as we receive this gift of bread and juice. Whether we're here in the room or at home, this is you coming to us, giving us your grace. We don't understand the fullness of it. We never will. But we receive your love, your kindness, your forgiveness, and your new life through our trust in Jesus. Let's take and eat and be thankful. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember what I have done for you and be thankful. Let's take and drink and remember. Jesus, we thank you for giving yourself to us in this way. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming for cleansing us, for renewing us, for breathing new life into us, for flushing us with life-giving blood that comes only from you, the blood of new covenant and new birth. We thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, listen to our songs, listen to our prayers as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you, if you want to come to the platform area to pray or to one of our prayer stations, somebody will be there to pray with you for that. Let's continue to worship God in song. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we honor you and we praise you and we thank you for the sacrifice, for the price that you paid for us, for the love that you showed us. Hallelujah. 
we've done or where we've been. That you loved us enough to come all the way down and rescue us. You set everything else aside, left your throne, and came down and became a human being, lived without sin, and died. But the good news today, Lord, is that you are alive. And that's why we celebrate. That's why we worship. That's why we have That's why we have hope because you are alive. And so Lord, today we celebrate you and your gift. We pray you would send your spirit with us today. We pray that you would watch over us this week. We pray that in every situation in our lives we would recognize your sacrifice and your gift for us we thank you that you are the teacher we thank you that you are the son of god we thank you that you are the healer and we thank you that you are awesome lord you are all those things and so many more go with us this week and every week we pray in jesus precious name and everybody said Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today in the room online. Uh, To our online audience, our online host will be around for another 20 minutes. If you need prayer or someone to talk to, uh, they'll be there for you. God bless you. Have a great week. Deserve it till you give yourself away.